Today's episode is sponsored by Alone in the Dark. The highly anticipated new reimagination by Pieces Interactive and THQ Nordic. Play as Edward Carnby or Emily Hartwood to explore your environments, fight monsters, solve puzzles, and uncover the true secret of Dorsetto Manor. Our favorite heroes are brought to life by Hollywood stars Jodie Comer of Killing Eve and David Harbour of Stranger Things, who lend not only their voices, but their appearance and their formidable acting skills to the brave protagonists. Experience a deep psychological story that goes beyond the realms of the imaginable, all dreamed up by Mikhail Hedberg, cult horror writer of Soma and Amnesia. The team at Pieces Interactive is supported by monster designer and legendary Guillermo del Toro collaborator Guy Davis, as well as doom jazz legend Jason Conan, who provides his eerie and haunting melodies for the right atmosphere. Alone in the Dark is available March 20th on PS5, Xbox Series XS, and PC. Pre-order your copy now and escape into the dark. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches To sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepypastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy presents, I found a crashed satellite's black box system, and I don't know what to do with the contents. Written by Defragmented Defect, and narrated by Jimmy Ferrer. I live smack dab in the middle of nowhere, South Carolina. And I thought the moment I found a real, actual meteor in the woods around my house was going to be the coolest moment in my entire life. If I could put it back, I would. The crater was around three feet across. I can't really say if I was more or less excited when I saw that it was a piece of a wreckage and not an actual space rock. The black box was an armored canister around the size of a soda can, with a NASA logo emblazoned helpfully along one side. Along the other was more sinister warnings about tampering with government property. Being both insanely curious and extremely bored, I took it in the house. 
A few moments work with the screwdriver got the canister open, and out fell what looked like a thumb drive, the kind you find for 12 bucks at an office max, except the logos and the plug were both weird. It was like about the size of a USB, but the shape of the plugs and pins was odd, unlike anything I've seen on the market yet. Unfortunately for the secrecy of NASA, I've got a degree in electrical engineering and data storage is my specialty. I was able to jury-rig a plug for it and read the data, and the first thing that hit me was the size of the thing. The drive contained 3.6 petabytes. This was hundreds of times more than the top-end desktop solid-state drive and the thumbstick didn't even read as half full. I spent a few minutes just staring at the number before my curiosity got the better of me, and I went deeper. I shouldn't have. It took me months to sort the data, to figure out what the oceans of plain text and files with incomprehensible strings of characters for names, and folders called things like D4 underscore Iris underscore MVK 9.8 underscore Europa. A huge portion of it was what I have to assume was spacecraft telemetry data. But I don't do mechanical stuff very much, and it was all Greek to me. I finally started to find something more comprehensible. I started to recognize the file and the folder naming conventions. A DB usually meant it contains schematics but for the life of me, I couldn't figure out what for. There were circuit diagrams. I understood those well enough, but the symbols they used were wrong. Diode, capacitor, resistor, and what the hell was this round, ragged line supposed to be? I never did find out that part, but the kicker was in the Orion file. The schematics for the file detailed the spacecraft propulsion system. Insanely dangerous. It involved detonating a nuclear weapon against a specialized plate. Essentially blowing yourself towards your destination with an atomic kick. This was nothing new. I heard about this canceled project from back in the 60s. That made me think to check the metadata for the date of the file of creation. The handsome made me want to start smoking again. The file I had was dated 25-6-3. Weird plug design, the huge capacity, the undecipherable circuit diagrams. It started to make sense, and I didn't like it. I considered destroying the drive. I wish I had, but I wanted to keep digging. I knew I'd never sleep again if I didn't. I wish I'd known I'd never want to sleep again either way. The next thing I uncovered was an audio file. It was a log of sorts, transcribed below, which cemented the fact that what I was reading was not of this earth, and much more concerning, not of this time. It's been six months since I've heard a human voice. Six months of the same thing. Jump to system, send out a radar pulse, check for the Earth likes, and 
terraformables. Send down a mapping probe to the valuable worlds, jump out. Every couple of hours, scoop fuel from the main sequence star. Every couple of days, land on an airless planet and scrounge up some metals for making more fucking probes. Note where I've been on the star map. Scratch another line on the wall. Jump to the next system. Repeat. Get a little closer to becoming an elite-ranked explorer. I miss dinner at Vikander's. I've seen beautiful things. Strange things. Things that should not exist. I've seen stars with rings bigger across than the entire planet Saturn. I've seen worlds inside nebulae with jade skies of vermilion mountains. I've seen planets with oceans of ammonia and floating islands of untold trillions of microbes. I've seen void-dwelling mushrooms drinking in the radiation of a dying star. I've seen ruins of a civilization older than Saul. Pillars made of metal no laser can scratch. Glowing blue powder sources still active all these countless millennia later. But all of these have been seen before. They are entries in the Codex. Distant, but known. Old discoveries. Pit stops on the way to the unseen. It's been eight months since I've heard a human voice. Eight months of the same thing. Jump in, radar pulse, scan for odd planets, map interesting worlds, fuel my ship if it needs it. Note the map, line on the wall, jump out. I've passed the boundary. I've been the furthest. I'm where nobody's ever been. My shipcom's voice is starting to grate. Fuel scooping. Orbital planet established. Planetary fight engaged. Four, three, two, one. Engage. Her voice was so calming. Now I wish I could mute it. There's no personality there. It's not a person. It just reminds me what a voice sounds like. It's been nine months since I've heard a human voice. Nine months of the same thing. Jump in. Pulse. Scan for stuff. Refuel. Re-equip. Note the map. Scratch a line. Jump out. I'm so far out. I can't see Sol. I can't see Sirius. I can't see Polaris. I can't even see the Spirograph Nebula. The Pleiades is a blimp. There are 400 billion stellar systems in the Milky Way. Humans have visited 113 million. Those numbers don't sound so different. Million. Billion. 400. 113. It just all jumbles up sometimes. If there have been a thousand explorers before me, and each one discovered a thousand systems. That's a million systems. A hundred thousand explorers. A hundred million systems. Two hundred years. 
since the frameshift drive was invented. 565,000 systems per year. 1,548 systems per day. It would take 1,770 years to visit 1 billion systems at that same rate. To visit one system in every 400, 0.25%. The Great Pyramids were built 6,000 years ago. From stone burial crypts to faster than light travel in 6,000 years. 6,000 more years. And you get 3.3 billion systems. Only one in a hundred. One percent. It's been a year since I left the Aridani system. Since I said goodbye to the bubble of populated space. It's been a year since I've heard a human voice. The space traffic control system bidding me good luck like he did to every ship that left from a tiny free trader to a hundred million credit monster of a bounty hunter. One year. One year in the black. One year of the same. Jump in. Scan. Do the essentials. Scratch the wall. Jump out. I don't understand why they call it the black. It's so bright here. Uncounted thousands of millions of stars. Twinkling lights in a dozen colors fill the canopy. I understand now. I've passed the galactic core. I'm more than halfway across the disk. Even the soul news broadcasts are getting faint. The tiny quantum signals starting to fade in the backdrop of the stars. It's not very noticeable. The sole broadcast is all text. It's just easier to send. Just a letter or two is missing, but it reminds me how far out I am. The black. The empty. The alone. It's been 18 months since I've left. I've discovered complex life. Multicellular organisms are so much rarer than microbes. A year ago, I would have jumped for joy. I found my very own species of silicon-based void dweller. A floating, tube-like affair of delicate branches that catch starlight and dust particles in the wake of a comet. I scanned it, logged in, added the data to my codex, and jumped out. I've got hundreds of millions of credits worth of data on my ship computer. I, I could turn back. I'd be rich. I'd be elite. I'd be the one who went the furthest and came back. But I won't. I can't. I need to find something big. I need to have found something worth the trip. Just one 
more system. I tell myself that over and over. One more jump and I'll find ruins. I'll find intelligent life. I'll find a spacecraft. I'll find a new energy source. I'll have made a discovery worth remembering. My name will go down in history. I'll be remembered. Two and a half years. Two and a half years of the same. Jump, pulse, scan, fuel, land, gather, map, scratch, jump. I've seen so many beautiful things. A newly born planet of molten rock. A newly dead star. Cold and dark. Black holes swallowing planets scorched black by supernovae. Gentle blue giants swirling like ink. I need to see more. I want to see it all. Almost a quarter of a million systems, all by myself. Probably the most in history. Even if I never find my big discovery, maybe I should go back. Just one more jump. It's been 32 months. I found a signal source today. It was an ASP explorer. Same kind as mine. This one was cold. Dark. Dead even. Floating in the black. Cargo bay opened to the vacuum. The computer says it was out here for a year. Dead for a year. I wasn't the first. I'll be the first to make it back alive. It seems like a shame to stop here, though. Just a little farther. A little further than he got. One more jump. I'm out of room on the wall. So many scratches. The star field is starting to get thin. The sole broadcast turns up a blank screen. Black. In the black. I've seen things. My eyes are open. I can see things that I've never saw before. Patterns in the sky. Strange and beautiful patterns that tell stories of love and discovery and blood and death and lust and hope and dreams and fire and ice and earth and rock and metal and water and turtles. One more jump. It started yesterday. A gentle knocking, rapping in the cargo bay, from the outside. It, it's probably nothing. Just one more jump. It keeps happening. There must be someone out there. I, I should let them in. Yeah, let them in before they freeze. Before they freeze in the black. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, please visit creepypod.com. If you'd like to submit a story for consideration or recommend a story, please see our submission page at creepypod.com slash submissions. 
All stories told on this podcast are done so through Creative Commons share-alike licensing or with written consent from the authors. No portion of this podcast may be rebroadcast or otherwise distributed without the express written consent of the Creepy Podcast production team and the story's author. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Item number SCP-5186 SCP-7160 SCP-7533 Object Class Euclid Keter Safe Special Containment Procedures <laughs> Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust <laughs> The only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing <laughs> Do you remember your name? Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.